0: Presented by the Common Sense Institute, welcome to Common Sense Digest, the podcast that seeks to inject a little common sense into Colorado's
1: policy discussion. Here's your host, Earl Wright.
2: Welcome to Common Sense Digest podcast. I'm Earl Wright and the chairman of the board of Common Sense Institute. Thank you for joining us today. Today we are talking about a hot-button issue. In fact, it's the second on this hot-button issue on homeless in Colorado. I'm joined by two familiar faces today. Common Sense Institute President, CEO, Kristen Strom. Kristen, it's great to have you with us. Thank you, Earl. Appreciate
1: the opportunity to join you.
2: I understand we're going to have another one of these podcasts on people experiencing homelessness.
1: We will. You know, as you mentioned, this is uh, the second episode that we're recording on the issue of homelessness, and we likely will have a third as well as we release this multi-phase report.
2: Great. Thank you. And we have with us CSI's Mike A. Laprino, fellow Brenda Osh Dickhoner to speak on CSI's latest and highly anticipated report on homelessness. Welcome to you both, and Brenda, it's great to have you back. Thanks. Good to see you all. Okay, Kristen, let's get started with you. Homelessness has been an issue in Colorado for years. I believe one governor said it was a top priority and when he was mayor, and he's now senator, I believe. And uh, I don't know that we made much progress at that point in time, but now we have the situation we have today. And I know CSI has previously done some work on this issue. What led you and the team to decide to take this project on again, especially when you know it is so very, very complex?
1: It is extremely complex. And we'll dive into those complexities a little bit later in the show. Uh, First and foremost... Any Denver native, any Colorado native knows that this has been an issue we've been grappling with for a long time. You alluded to now Senator Hickenlooper early on in his career stating that this was an issue he would fix when he was mayor of Denver. And if you recall, we had Denver's Road Home. We made a lot of great progress in the 2000s tackling this issue, had some great leadership. But it seems like it's back on the forefront of minds again because we're seeing such an increased number in the population of people experiencing homelessness. CSI has done some previous work on it. it. Two years ago in 2019, if you recall, Denver had Initiative 300 on the ballot. Initiative 300 would have reversed a camping ban that was intact in the city and county of Denver. Our research at that time, really we were looking at the economic footprint. How much is being spent currently on the issue? And what we found was that um, the city and county of Denver was spending approximately $26,000 per person experiencing homelessness. This was in 2019. Also looked at bed availability. That was a huge topic. Are there enough beds to meet the population currently of those experiencing homelessness? And what we found at the time was that, yes, there were enough beds, there was always capacity, um, and that we were spending significant resources as a city and county. Initiative 300 failed overwhelmingly, with 82% of Colorado, city and county of Denver voters rejecting the measure, wanting to keep the camping ban in place. Fast forward, COVID hits. And what I think we saw during COVID was a huge increase in population. Brenda will get into more details shortly just on what we do know about the numbers of those experiencing homelessness. Right now we don't have an exact or precise count on how many people um, are in this homeless population, but what we do know and what Brenda will dive into is that the economic footprint of this space has grown tremendously since our last report in 2019 why are we conducting this work now? It's a great question. I think anybody who's driven into the city and county of Denver, it touches on you. These are our neighbors. These are people that have overwhelmingly taken over streets in an inhumane and unsanitary way, too, um, which I don't think any of us want to see for our neighbors. It's a growing problem, and we've we had been approached by a lot of community leaders saying, hey, we need to do an update on the work that we had done previously, and we need to start at least having the facts in place before we can start tackling the solutions. We need to know the full scope of what's going on. In addition, November ballot season's upon us. I know it's early, it's August, to be starting to talk about the November ballot season, but there will be several different initiatives on the November ballot talking about homelessness. One of those initiatives that the city and county Um, of denver voters will have on their ballot is an initiative called let's do better and that is an initiative that will examine first and foremost individuals property owners being able to hold the city and county civilly liable if somebody is camping on their property secondly it will uh, it proposes creating four set camping spaces instead of having current camping spaces you know, ad hoc pop up in different neighborhoods. It would create four permanent ones that have really good high levels of sanitation available as well. So as voters are now going to be starting to look at that issue, I think it's an important time for us to understand the complexities of the issue as
2: well. Well, you mentioned a little bit of how this issue has evolved here in Colorado and and with regards to Denver. And if I remember your previous study, we did a uh, look at the uh, Los Angeles and San Francisco mm-hmm. and other areas of uh, homeless the issues. And uh, actually, when it came to bed availability, mm-hmm. uh, it seemed to me that we were doing far better than those other uh, uh, cities had done, and they had significant homeless issues that were looked at on a national level. So it's not as if we've been sitting back and, and not looking at the issue and trying to do something, but it seems to me that, that if we have been st- Trying to do something, you know, what is the issue at the present time that we're, we're looking at? What are we trying to do to get a handle of where we are right now? And Brenda, you're in the midst of the project. What does the project look like? And when are we going to see the project and see what you've come up with so far?
0: Our project is really focused, as Kristen said, on trying to illuminate those facts and the data that what do we really know and what. Um, what are the resources being dedicated to this issue? So this first phase of the project is a compilation of resources, fiscal, human resources, even volunteers, that are involved in solving homelessness. So they're providing shelters, housing, services, um, case management to, to people experiencing homelessness. But we don't have a good grasp on really how um, how much dollars are in this? How many people are working on this? And so, this first phase was really to try to get a sense of that, or we call an economic footprint. And then, once we have that data and we have that grounding, we can move on to the second phase of the project. In the second phase of this project, we're going to partner with CU Denver and really look at understand what is working in this system and what isn't. If we can have some clarity around the roles of these different organizations, where there might be gaps in services, and how or what's working and how we can double down on that to try to accelerate the positive dynamics within the system. So we're hoping through the second phase that we're going to ultimately deliver a set of recommendations of where we can focus our efforts on to really maximize impact and improve conditions for people experiencing homelessness, well, and ultimately get those people into housing. The third phase of this project is to take all the data we've collected and, and put it on a dashboard, a data dashboard. where people in the community, stakeholders can go and easily see this information and use it for their various research and their efforts, and as they evaluate uh, what they're currently contributing to this effort.
2: Well, I've got a question for Kristen and you, Brenda, but uh, either one of you can answer it. Uh, I understand the third phase, but being a business person as I am, uh, one of the uh, things I would expect on a dashboard is we made this effort to correct this issue. And, and what is the cost in getting that result? How do you plan to handle that? So
1: in other words, Earl, what's the ROI? That's right. <laughs> there we go, yeah. Um, I think you're spot on, and that really is the ultimate goal. And that's why we're thrilled to be working with CU Denver and the InnoWorks team. A little bit about InnoWorks for those of you that are not familiar with this amazing lab that is on the Anschutz campus. It's a new endeavor by CU Denver. It's an innovation lab. And they're committed to solving humanity's most pressing, pressing issues. They have great talent that is expert at doing systems mapping, which is something that um, we're really excited about in helping create that dashboard to learn what is the ROI at the end of the day.
2: I believe somewhere along the line you've talked about the costs of all of this, and I'm sure we're going to get to that, but I, you've looked at so many groups are coming together to look for a practical solution. Uh, You've completed Phase 1. Brenda, what's the biggest surprise so far in completion of Phase 1?
0: For me, it's really stunning when you look at the... System surrounding homelessness—that how complex it is. There's a wide array of government agencies, of nonprofits, charitable organizations, faith-based organizations that are involved in trying to solve this problem. And it's very complex and interconnected, and, and that's what makes this analysis quite difficult in terms of trying to track the funding streams and the resources that are in this area because it is just overly uh, an overly complex network.
2: Brenda, I've had a chance to peek at your study, and I was astounded at the layers of community from government levels. Can you give us a little bit of a sense of the layers?
0: Yeah, absolutely there's at the federal level there's the u s Department of Housing and Urban Development, and they provide a great deal of funding to localities, and they pass this funding through to states they pass it to cities and they and they also award it to organizations themselves and so it's once you get down to the state level you then have state agencies and local agencies that are re- receiving some of these funds and and largely they're contracting with this network of charitable organizations who provide services
2: congratulations and tracing that i don't know how in the world you did it but uh, i'm sure everybody's going to enjoy reading, not enjoy but be enlightened reading the study <laughs> Kristen, from your perspective what were some of the surprises you saw
1: you know i'm going to just pivot and say I was pleasantly surprised just by the community support that is interested in tackling this issue. We originally set out on this path to conduct the economic footprint. And as we started this work, it came to our attention that CU Denver was also potentially working on something. And we were able to then partner together, which doesn't always happen. A lot of times people want to conduct their own research, and it's just been really wonderful to be able to have a table with partners committed to this. In addition, there are several key business leaders like Mike Zollner, who's been heavily invested in this, Dave Devia. All of who care about it because they care about our community. And that's been really wonderful and powerful. I think as I look and peek at the data, as you alluded to, Earl, which everybody will be able to look at on our website, some of the things that did surprise me is just the growth that's occurred since we last conducted this report. We're going to dive into the numbers, but we're now spending even more. There are more individuals experiencing homelessness. But a few things that haven't changed as well is that there are still beds available. You know, we've we've still looked at that. Are there beds available? And the last reports and data that we show is that even under severe weather conditions, that there is still um, only eighty two percent capacity. So there's room for, but eighty two percent
2: occupancy. Really?
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yep. So uh, that's one surprising thing. And another unique component that Brenda added to this report was just this sheer number of employees in this. Space and volunteer hours that are spent in this space, which I think again is just a testament to the Denver community.
2: Do I remember correctly? It was like between four and seven thousand full time employees dedicated. You're right,
1: you're right, spot on. And that was surprising to me. That's a significant
2: employer. Yeah. I'd like to dive into the homeless, uh, the people who experience homelessness here in Denver. Um, I have many questions like uh, how many people are experiencing homelessness? And how in the world do you count them? It's got to be a, a very mobile uh, group. And what actions are already being taken by the city and nonprofits to serve this community? And that's a pretty broad question. So maybe you can just kind of give us some highlights there. But if you give us a big picture overview of the homeless situation in Denver, Brenda, sure to appreciate it. I know our listeners would too. Yeah.
0: The- Metro Denver Homelessness Initiative or MDHI is responsible for running what is called a point in time count. And this is something that is done across the country. Uh, it helps get federal funds to our local organizations. And it happens one night in January. In 2020 it happened in January. And if they counted 6,104 people experiencing homelessness in the Metro Denver area
2: in one night.
0: In one night on the on that night So about 4,171 of those individuals were living within the boundaries of the city and county of Denver. So about 68% of the region's total. Unfortunately, because of COVID-19, this count was not able to be replicated fully in 2021. And we were not able to count the number of unsheltered individuals so our last count of the people of the number of people experiencing homelessness was in january 2020 before the pandemics so we do know that that likely has gone up given how the pandemic did increase homelessness overall or at least is perceived that it did um, anecdotally we're hearing from providers that the number of people visiting their shelters has gone up and City of Denver does have some data on the number of guests at shelters that did increase 46% from January 2020 to January 2021. We just don't have a solid count of how the pandemic affected that.
2: Just a couple of follow-up questions. How mobile is that? What, the word I want to use is turnover. If there were 10,000. I know that wasn't 10,000. How many of that 10,000 were here in 2020 and here in 2021?
0: Yeah, we know that from the from this point in time count or the survey. They do try to estimate the number of chronically homeless individuals. Those individuals that are experiencing Long-term homelessness over the course of more than a year, they've had multiple episodes of homelessness, and there's that accounted for about thirty percent of the of the population counted. Those so, are chronic. They're, that they're are p- chronic, yes. year in year
2: out. Okay. So
0: about seventy percent are not chronically homeless. So they are moving in and out of the system to some degree, um, and they are uh, some are short-term homeless uh short experiencing short stays of homelessness if they you know lost their job and lost their apartment but they're finding new housing the so that they could be in that category um some are as you mentioned kind of in and out of experiencing homelessness uh, and more transitory and we do know that people are coming into denver from other states and from other areas. We heard this from the providers. Um, we know that the city of Boulder gets people from Denver. So there is this mobility amongst those people experiencing homelessness. Um, I don't think that there is a great grasp on that data. But again, anecdotally, we hear that you know people from even as far as Florida are coming to Denver to reside here.
2: Okay, so I guess there's some kind of mobility between l a San Francisco, Denver, Florida, other places. There is a mobility in that population that's right, okay, thanks. Uh, let's go a little further and talk about the money that's going towards this issue. How much is the city of Denver truly spending on each person experiencing homelessness? How did you get to the How did you find that number, and particularly with all the layers of support that you just previously mentioned?
0: We've estimated that at least $481 million is being spent annually on shelters, services, emergency response, and health care for people experiencing homelessness within the metro Denver region. This includes seven counties. If you look specifically at the city and county of Denver, about $434 million is being spent. So it's a good portion of the larger metro Denver number because of the, the right now, As I mentioned, 70% of people experiencing homelessness are within the city of Denver. And a lot of those services and shelters are also located in Denver. And this is just an estimate. We looked through tax forms. We looked through some funding streams. uh, We interviewed some organizations and looked at annual reports. And we came up with this estimate. However, there were organizations we were missing numbers for, and we know that this doesn't include the full array of charitable organizations, public agencies, or even healthcare care and emergency responders. So this is a conservative estimate, but we feel very confident that we're in um, the right ballpark for those organizations we do have costs for.
2: Okay, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm trying to get some kind of relevance to that question on how we spend money in the state in uh, the Denver County of the Front Range? How much uh, is that per uh, person experiencing homelessness? What's the range that we? And then how does that compare to other uh, expenses that we may be incurring in the Front Range? Can you share that with us?
0: Yeah, we did look at these numbers also on a per person expenditure basis and found a range of forty-one thousand six hundred to one hundred and four thousand dollars per individual experiencing homelessness in the city of Denver. We have to use a range because there are different ways of estimating the population of homelessness. Um, we mentioned the point-in-time count. There's also an annual count of any individual who has experienced homelessness at any point during a year as opposed to a one-night count. And so this range really allows us to kind of see that breadth of the, of the expenditures. And so anywhere from 41600 to 140000 per person in Denver – and in comparison, for example, the, the per-pupil spending for K-12 schools in Denver public schools is around $19,000 per student.
1: And I'd just like to jump in there too, Earl. I mentioned early on that this is CSI's second time conducting this economic footprint. And the last one was just two short years ago, 2019, and it was roughly estimated that it was around 26000 per individual experiencing homelessness. We're now jumping up to the 40,000 to 100,000 range. So you can see how large this problem has grown and the resources being spent on this issue have grown as well.
2: Well, how has the pandemic impacted this? Is has is it uh, caused the issue to be uh, more dramatic? Uh, I'm guessing that's what you're suggesting,
1: I think partially the pandemic, of course, exacerbated this. I think that we saw an increase in the population of those experiencing homelessness. Um, It doesn't take a rocket scientist to just see that with their own eyes when they go downtown. Um, Secondly, you talk about just the federal funds from the stimulus packages, which Brenda explores in this report robustly as well. There was a huge influx of one-time expenditure spent stimulus package spent trying to help with this issue as well i will note that one thing that brenda did a really phenomenal job on was trying to ensure that no money was double counted when we were coming up with the total number and what i mean by that is there are so many different government agencies state local federal pots of money that are then being transferred mostly to charitable organizations that are really tackling the issue. And so in doing this research, we really focused on looking at the programmatic expenditures of those charitable organizations to ensure we're not double counting some of these other dollars.
2: I, I, again, open question to the two of you. In light of how you described the various flows of money coming in, how in the world is all of this coordinated with the, population of 6,000 people experiencing homelessness and you've got close to a half billion dollars going towards those 6,000, approximately 6,000 people experiencing homelessness. How is it coordinated?
0: The coordinating body for the Metro Denver region is called the Metro Denver Homelessness Initiative and so that is their responsibility to coordinate the various providers and and the federal funds that flow through them to the providers. However, we have heard from many providers that there is really this lack of effective coordination and effective leadership in the sector. Um, we've heard that, you know, Denver Road Home, which Kristen mentioned earlier, played that role of leadership and coordination. And, and since that has, is no longer there, there hasn't really been anyone that's filled that void. And that remains one of the, uh, the, the frequent, I would say, Um, areas of growth that was mentioned to us when we started talking with some of these providers that that there is a need for this kind of better understanding and coordination amongst service providers.
2: Well, it sounds to me like we've got a very complex issue in here, and uh, the pandemic didn't help it out any with regards to uh, where we are today at the number of people that are being impacted. But you started off by saying, uh, Kristen, that this is just one phase of a three-phase proposition we have and help us out a little bit more as to how you see phase two and phase three uh, moving forward and what's the timeline
1: yeah, as I mentioned, phase one is really the economic footprint. You're a businessman, Earl. Would you go into any business deal without doing your due diligence, looking at the finances, looking at the fiscal stability or impact of a business deal and the ROI? Would you, would you do that?
2: Absolutely not. If The key to anything is to find the problem. That's what right. Are the, what are the issues and, uh, and factors involved in it?
1: So that's really, you know, phase one is what are the facts? What do we know? We have to have a starting point to set the table for the discussion. And that is really what phase two and phase three are exploring, doing a robust systems mapping. We've talked about it. This issue is so complex. We have so many triggering events that lead to an individual experiencing homelessness. We have so many different players as well. And the map needs to be put together um, with with the knowledge of the financial base as well. And the ultimate goal in phase two and phase three, which we hope to release in early fall coming up, is to really examine where could we have that ROI? What are different solutions that are working? Where should dollars be invested? Ultimately, as Brenda talked about in phase three, to create a user-friendly dashboard that community leaders, policymakers, providers can access and use to make informed decisions moving forward.
2: You know, one of the things that I think is uh, possibly maybe not unique, but not done enough, is what you are doing in collaboration with the University of Colorado Denver. And that um, academia looks at issues like this all the time and has all sorts of ideas as to what can be done, it seems to me you're actually saying, hey, come in, this is reality, help us look at the issue and uh, give us your best ideas so we can see how it might work here in Denver. Or am I over-reading that?
1: No, not at all. And that's really what I'm most excited about is the partnership and that we are working together. We're not doing our own research. We're collaborating. We're also collaborating with a lot of stakeholders. Brenda mentions all the conversations she's had with providers. CU Denver right now is in in the middle of conducting dozens of stakeholder interviews. They're they're on the streets. They're talking with those individuals experiencing homelessness as well, um, which I think will just add to the robustness of this research.
2: It's exciting to have people committed to a huge problem that we have here in Colorado, but also nationwide. It seems to me that if we can come up with some answers here, maybe we can export some of this to... Uh, other parts of the country. Have we we approached others in other parts of the country as to what they're doing that has gotten good results? And uh, have we had a chance to do that yet?
1: Not quite, but I do know that in phase two, um, in partnership with CU Denver, we'll be looking at kind of some case studies around the country in terms of what's working. We keep on hearing a lot about Austin, Texas, and what they're doing. So we'll be exploring that as well.
2: Thank you both for your time, insights, the topic. I've learned a lot. I know folks listening to the podcast have too. I hope that all of us can come away from this with a better understanding of the homeless issue. And have any final words you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Feel free to go and download the report at commonsenseinstituteco.org. It's on our website. It's on our social media platforms. Um, but I'd encourage you to read it and share it.
2: Brenda?
0: Thank you for having me, and this is an important topic, and I hope that, as Kristen said, others engage in this as well.
2: Thank you so much for all the research. Brenda, you've been just a a mainstay in so much of the research for CSI, and thank you for all your hard work. And, Kristen, thank you for the leadership of the organization. It's
1: great to be on. Thank you, Earl.
0: Thank you for listening to the Common Sense Digest. For more on today's topic, as well as our research on the most pressing public policy issues facing Colorado, please visit commonsenseinstituteco.org. The preceding episode, along with all others, is available on Podcatchers Everywhere or on our website under the podcast tab. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deft Communications. This has been a production of the Common Sense Institute.